Yes, and welcome back to the home of good news, interesting outdoors from history, and hopefully a few jokes on the way. I'm Callum, and this is That's News to Me. What an interesting week it has been for good news. Obviously, the, the big news topics have been that the ESL, uh, the football league that tried to destroy football, has been abandoned. That's a, a good news, but that's going to change the face of, of football forever. And unfortunately, someone had to be murdered in plain sight for us to see someone finally being put to justice over the brutality of policemen on black people inside the USA. But thank God we finally had some kind of liberty on that side of things, which has got such a good kind of outcome that Minneapolis is now looking into the whole of the police department to, to, to look into the abuse that uh, police people have given to uh, minorities in the USA. Uh, so that's a couple of bits of good news, but we're going to get into some more stuff uh, later on, some stuff that you may not have heard of around the globe. But in the meantime, what we're going to do is we're going to introduce the man that's with me today, I don't need to really explain. He's always here. He's the same person. I always say like it's going to be a different person. It's not. It's the same person. It's Buster. How you doing, mate? You all right? Oh, sorry. Buster couldn't be here this week. So he's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick, quick question, Buster. Um, how are you mm. feeling that producer Odin isn't here this week? I feel terrified, actually. This is going to go Because one of two things it? is going to happen. We're either going to make some wild, unsubstantiated claims that can't be fact-checked, mm. or we're going to go off into some really controversial territory and have no one to sort of wave us back down. Yeah. Or both. We could make some wild and controversial, unsubstantiated claims. So it it, it's an exciting, exciting and, and scary. It is exciting. So basically, guys, Odin isn't here this week, so we won't be getting any fact-check from, from Producer Corner. But we're also going to be explaining later on in the show why you didn't get a podcast last week. It has been quite a couple of weeks for us. And let's just say, not necessarily uh, sued, but someone came after us. Uh, so let's get into that topic later on and you'll find out at the end of the podcast what actually happened and why we weren't available. And actually, why Gentle Kenneth actually almost created another war. Mm. Uh, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, but firstly, uh, what I want to do is tell you a little bit about that Instagram page. Uh, that Instagram page that will give you a daily dose of good news instead of a weekly dose of good news like this podcast does give you. So if you want to follow that on that at That's News To Me pod on Instagram, very, very interactive and everyone gets on there and, and, and writes comments. So please go and follow that if you can. And also, I'm going to run out of breath in a minute. Two weeks ago, we were speaking about a lovely fellow called uh, FDR and how he almost got killed by an accidental missile mm. that got shot into the in, into his boat and he ended up looking over the side because he, he just wanted to see it go past. And uh, we did bring it up in the podcast, but actually what we did find out was he actually married his cousin. Now, it Oops. was like fifth cousin once removed. They had the same same like great 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 granddad or something along those lines um but what i thought i'd do I feel like that's okay that's a pass just about isn't it there's a there's a line well and this, i think maybe that one's probably okay well this is what i wanted to do with you today buster is what i wanted to do with you today was play oh. who married their cousin now I have got a couple of people here. Is it just going to be people that we know or is it going to be famous people? <laughs> it isn't me. Um, <laughs> the uh, I've got some famous people. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you did this person or did this person. So uh, every single one will have one person okay. that married their cousin and the other one that didn't marry a cousin. So I'm going to do it with you today and we'll see how you get on. 
Okay. okay. Right. The first one is Andrew Lloyd Webber or Jerry Lee Lewis. This is my f- my first reaction to just hearing the word Andrew Lloyd Webber is to picture his face, and that that brings up some things because he looks like a, a waxwork that's been left next to a radiator, doesn't he? But Jerry Lee Lewis, I have a feeling was a I, I saw the um, Buddy Holly musical a long time ago, and he struck me as a the sort of character who was uh, I think. To Put it kindly, a womanizer. Right. And it, it, something about those jackets that he used to wear says that he likes them young, you know? So <laughs> I wouldn't put cousin marrying past him either. So I'm going to guess Jerry Lee Lewis. Ding, 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 ding. Jerry Lee Lewis did marry his second yeah. cousin. <laughs> the, so, thought, uh, the thought processes behind this are fucking and, bonkers, and aren't it's, they? <laughs> it's so weird that you said child as well because uh, he was 23 and she was 13. And what, you're out marry 13 year old? <laughs> I think you could still marry 14-year-olds uh, in, like, uh, Arizona as long as the uh, parent says yes. Jesus Christ. So, and this was I in, like, like, 1957, so, you know. So. i tell you who really dropped the ball here is, you know, in that bit in a wedding where they say, does anyone here have any reason or lawful impediment why these two can't get married? A bunch of people, mostly on her side of the family, should have been like, yep. She's 13, and she is, you know, his cousin. Yeah, it's it's not great. They were second cousins, but still, that's 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 not too. That's that's. I think I think you got to get to like fourth cousin territory. I reckon to, to be okay in my eyes. I think someone on those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, he. Yeah, he, he, I think, I think that's, that feels feels right. Yeah, <laughs> not great. No. Um, bad, bad Jerry. Uh, obviously, uh, rest in peace, this man. Um, it's uh, I'm going for Queen Elizabeth II or Queen Elizabeth the First. So you got which one married their married their cousin? Obviously, uh, like the, the royals. Queen Elizabeth the First never even had sex with anyone, let alone marry anyone. So ah, oh, there we it's, go. Uh, it's oh, incumbent, the incumbent. <laughs> that's how you worked it out. Uh, but that that third cousin. So that's like the line which we were just drawing there, right? So. Um, uh, and by the okay. way, guys, just to let you know, uh, anyone that I'm other stating that didn't marry their cousin has nothing to do with this whatsoever. Just to let you know, they have nothing to do with it. It's just a person <laughs> I made up. So don't think that they're actually, they're like fourth cousin kind of marriers or shaggers. No, they're, they're, they're not that line. They're, yeah, they're right. nothing to do with this, okay? Um, so they're not being tainted by association here at all? Not at all. The next one we are going to go for... Ears, Christopher Lee, or Kevin Bacon? Ooh. Um, Christopher Lee, he's played a lot of creepy characters. Yes. You know, he's uh, he's Saruman, isn't he, in Lord of the Rings? He is and indeed, yeah. Great actor. What else but did he did he fuck his cousin? Yeah. I believe he did. You, you're I reckon going, it's Christopher Lee. Going Christopher Lee. It's not. It's Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Christopher really? Lee. Really? Christopher Lee did not shag his cousin. It was actually Kevin Bacon. But Kevin Bacon, I feel sorry for him because he married someone, and he then went on to this like thing called Finding Your Roots 
on PBS in, in America, and then they found oh, out they were like no. ninth cousins, like twice removed. So really oh, okay. far away, really far right. away. But can you imagine finding out that you have like some kind of connection somewhere? Yeah, um, that's that's a rough way to find out, isn't it? Yeah, it I is. saw a, 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 a. I don't know where this had come from, but a photograph on a like a meme somewhere of a a guy wearing a T-shirt. That said, I met my wife on Ancestry.com. Oh. And I feel like that's all sorts of messed up. Isn't well, hopefully, it? Why did he even hope, sell those hope, t-shirts? Hopefully, she was like the account manager or something, not not actually yeah. someone he found. Yeah, they worked together there. <laughs> Long uh, lost twin sister or something. Exactly. Uh, the next one. Uh, let's go for. Do to do. Well, I think I think we all know this one, uh, but I'm just gonna say two people. Uh, Mitt Romney or Rudy Giuliani? I, if I hadn't already known this one, I could have gone I think, the other way. I think I could have gone. Both yeah, strange chaps. Yeah, and Mitt Romney's both like a Mormon chaps. and stuff, isn't he? But yeah, I think I think we both that's know right, this yeah. one. Uh, it, is, it is Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, I think everyone knows yeah. that. And that's second cousins, by the way. Um, so yeah. And then he had he had an affair and married someone else. He's a weird old fella, isn't he? Yeah, he is indeed. Uh, two two of the great scientists of all time now: uh, Tesla or Einstein. Which one? Which one are you picking? So, um, I feel like Tesla never really recognised for his brilliance in his lifetime. May have sought comfort in the arms of a relative. <laughs> yes. Also, Einstein fled he's Europe so, during the, before the war. So. <laughs> you think Tesla was so unloved, just like from the outside world, that he was just like cousin. Fuck yeah, me. like if he, <laughs> it, yeah, if people had been like he'd been really popular, he would have had groupies. But the only people who, in the end, really, you know, saw how brilliant he was were his, his closest relatives and uh, and friends. And that's, Elon Musk, who, who named reckoning. his company after him. His, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. So, so you're going it's for very Einstein well recognized then, for it you? now, but go for Einstein then. No, I think Tesla. I think you're going Tesla. It is Einstein. Um, oh. it, what was the weirdest, weirdest part is that it was his second cousin on his father's side, but also his first cousin on his mother's side. So, his yeah. his dad's cousin married the mother or brother of his his, his mum. And they got together, and then <laughs> so they're, they're double cousins. Wow. Gee, double cousins. It's a miracle he came out so smart, then, isn't it? Well, not him. He didn't. They, their parents weren't. It's, it's his tri- child that would come out all weird. Yeah, actually, you know, does he have any kids, Einstein? Um, I don't know if he does. I don't know that. Maybe, you would maybe, think, like, maybe he's too the name Einstein's would get this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a t- it's a it'd be a big pair of shoes to fill being Einstein's kid, especially if it turns out your parents are also cousins. Yeah, stand no chance. Uh, two of the uh, biggest outlaws of all time, uh, Billy the Kid or Jesse James. Which one are you going for? Ooh, Billy the Kid. Two you want to get married, so I'm guessing Jesse James. Oh, I, d- I didn't do my research about Billy the Kid before that. Did I? Uh, but he wasn't actually a kid, though, was he? he I don't. I think he died at like five. Uh, no, no, he wasn't. A, yeah, he wasn't a kid. It, I it was he just had that name. Yeah, it was. It was Jesse James, indeed. And his first cousins as well. It, it's the bad, bad side of things. 
Um, Ooh, yeah. Shit. You're doing very, very well at this game. Season I'm, I'm, I'm very, for all the wrong reasons. I'm very, yeah. I'm very impressed. You, you, good, shit, good hit, shit logic. Um, terrible logic. You're not getting. Yeah. Any, you don't know any of this, but uh, you clearly got a good hit rate for, yeah. for spotting people who uh, like to have incest. What about? Uh, I can sniff it out a mile away. <laughs> Two of the founding fathers, uh, Washington and John Adams. Which, which one are you picking? Hmm. I think. Uh, not uh, not a lot is known about John Adams, you know. I feel like he, he kept his private life a secret because it was so deviant. Also, Washington, you know, he liked wooden teeth. You know, he's a man of quite refined tastes, I think you could say. He said wooden false teeth, I think that marks you out as a bit of a sort of bon viveur. So I think it was John Adams. Again, you just got this one right again. This is amazing. You're getting it right because, you know, you've decided that someone with wooden teeth would marry the cousin. Yeah, because he's, he's a dude, isn't he? <laughs> what logic. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, third cousin. So, so the wavy line. The wavy line. Um, okay, yeah. What, yeah. What about what about two two of the great kind of like um, uh, poets in the in the world, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, uh, who we've covered before, um, and um, William Blake. I'm trying to throw you off with this one, or am I not? Uh, Which way am I going? Because my research is detailed and thorough uh, on the stories that mm-hmm. if if it. Didn't wasn't discussed in the episode about Edgar Allan Poe, then didn't happen. So William Blake. No, it was Edgar Allan Poe. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks. It's almost like I quickly threw <laughs> the information together <laughs> from didn't. only a couple of websites. But you didn't. You didn't uh, at all. Um, and then it was fastidious. And, and then we'll go for uh, the last one here. Um, two, two of the greatest composers of all time, Beethoven and Bach. Baby got back, so we know he liked. <laughs> he liked big, buttocks. large backsides. Yeah. Um, mm. Beethoven was actually a large dog, not in fact composer. No, no, he wasn't. Um, I think Beethoven. Back. His baby oh, got back. Damn it. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think you had about a sixty percent hit rate, though. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much the same as random chance you could have had a. Yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think that's too bad. I don't think that's too bad at all. No, so, I'll take it. So I'm very, very proud of you. But yeah, basically, guys, that that is who had sex with their cousins and who married, married their cousin. Exactly. Lovely. Exactly. And uh, on that good news front, let's go on with some real good news. <laughs> Got uh, some goodies from our favourite country, New Zealand. Love them. Our Antipodean friends have become the world's first country to bring a, a law forcing financial firms to report on the effects of climate change. Nice. The financial sector is massive, huge, huge in, in developed countries and accounts for quite a lot of environmental damage because it invests money wherever it wants without consequence quite often. Uh, well, to themselves, but of course, huge environmental consequences. So this uh, change in the law 
will affect about 200 of the country's biggest companies and several foreign firms that have a lot of assets uh, in New Zealand. And what it basically will mean is that they have, they're bound to produce reports on their financial impact, which of course will you know, encourage them to make changes and will allow investors and consumers to make sustainable decisions to choose investment firms or companies that are more responsible. And Amazing. the hope is that this will be the start of a lot of other countries taking up something like this. Amazing. Amazing. Blazing a trail as usual. Go- government Zealand. government taking people to account for things that they're doing but wrong. Amazing. Rather than our government yeah. turning around and uh, saying that they're going to fix the taxation issue for Dyson. Uh, nice. nice. Oh, yeah. Bit different. Bit different. But doesn't take that away from, from being an amazing <laughs> job that Jacinda Arden's doing over in New Zealand. And if you don't like Jacinda Arden, then uh, please go find another podcast because she's our favourite person. We love her. She's amazing. And I hope actually everyone that listens we to this talk show... talk about it all the time. Yeah, everyone that uh, you know, enjoys this podcast um, obviously knows that. So um, another bit of good news is from Peru. So the Peruvian government has moved to establish a new protected area in the uh, rainforest there, in the Amazon rainforest, for the indigenous people, the uncontacted people in fact. So there's still a few isolated parts of the world where humans live who have had little or no contact with what you may call like civilised humans who are hooked up into the global network. And so they have very, very precious cultural and genetic individuality that's really really important to protect for our diversity as a species but also as our collective memory as, as people on the planet so they're under massive threat from logging deforestation and habitat encroachment so this move to protect uh, an area which is about 1.1 million hectares is really really brilliant it's for humane but also environmental reasons it needs to be uh, ratified but this has been under discussion under discussion for 20 years and this is the first serious movement on it so it seems um likely to happen now so this is fantastic news that is really really awesome and actually on that we've got some more kind of protection of nature i suppose a company called uh, blue nature alliance that got established on wednesday so very very new are setting out plans to work with national governments local communities indigenous peoples and scientists and academies for example to collaborate together to save an area the size of south america in our oceans so they're going to be creating an ocean in crisis kind of model um and trying to protect that much of our ocean uh moving forwards and uh it's basically been backed by a lot of philanthropists and it's got a lot of money behind it and hopefully this will flourish and carry on and uh, hopefully be one of the the charities that that can help our ocean friends as i think uh Mm. george w bush once said i hope that humans and fish can live peacefully together one of the wisest things he's ever said (laughs) Mm. (laughs) yeah yeah, I mean, it's so important. To Obviously, the, the, the context the was a lot different, but okay, it's sad that you kind of miss the gaff machine war criminal George W. Bush because of how bad things got of, of late. You've got Biden now, no? Got Biden. The next bit of good news is that it's more of like an interesting stat about a trend that's been going on for a while. So you and I both, we've talked about this before, 
have, like most people, tried to switch meat out of their diet. Um, yeah. And sometimes in favour of just eating plants, sometimes in the case of, uh, well, a lot of people, meat uh, like plant alternatives. So things like the Impossible Beef and the Beyond Meat Burger, uh, all sorts of things. You can get like seitan yeah. that tastes a bit uh, meaty. And there's lots and lots of things out there and that market is, is increasing massively and a couple of years ago it grew by 300% the meat substitute market. So it's, it's really big business. But because of that, and so many people are switching their meat for plant-based alternatives, the uh, Boston Consulting Group, uh, sort of big research um, think tank and consultancy, they did a report on global protein consumption, and they reckon that in Europe and the US, by 2025, um, so not that long, we will reach peak meat, meaning it'll be the, the start Just of done. the decline no of more meat chicken. consumption no in more chicken that's amazing yes which is pretty amazing I mean, it's, it's startlingly soon so this uh, this trend for people to switch out their meat in their diets uh, is, is really taking place and that's going to have a positive effect on the climate because meat production is uh, is rather wasteful uh, for water use and CO2 mm, mm. and other other I think I think the argument for having a flexitarian or, or vegetarian diet really has like kind of meat on the bones these days, isn't it? It's yeah. quite a strong argument. Yeah. Yeah. It does indeed. Yeah, it does. Flexitarian, by the way, is, is one of the shittest names for a diet, isn't it? What does that mean you eat? Anything I want really. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I think it's I'm guilty of referred to myself as a flexitarian one, so I basically yeah. don't have the organisation and and sort of passionate commitment to be a vegetarian all the time exactly flexitarian just means that i can moan about it without you giving me grief but i can also eat some yeah. chicken every now and again because you know I, I normally do eat just vegetables um but the thing is as soon as as soon as the meats grown in labs kind of situation really kicks off and stuff like that i think mm. that everyone should be eating meat again without any kind of guilt all good don't worry it just it was a feather start off with a feather and then we got loads of chicken it's all good just eat, just eat it yeah. off there it's fine okay uh, lab, on to the next meat is the future yeah it is it is in other great news uh, when it comes to kind of saving the environment is the first neighbourhood uh, is being built from a 3D printer in California and these will be net zero energy homes and why this is such a good thing is because construction is actually 40% of the emissions that go up into the air so by having a net zero energy home, we'll reduce that by about 10 times. It's going to be absolutely amazing. At the moment, it's about 2,000 kilograms of CO2 emissions per home is created. And so that will swipe that off straight away. And so we can create more sustainable homes in the future and we can carry on building uh, homes in a better way. So. That would be a, a great thing if we can start doing that more often now. I don't know how many more buildings we really need. Just stop having people. And then don't need any more buildings, do we? Fill them up. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, quite amazing. Yeah, we could do with a few more ice rinks. You never have too many ice rinks, I think. I think uh, Futurama's, yeah, uh, Futurama's way of dealing with the... Um, uh, the global 
pandemic of, of, of the heat death. Yeah. I think Futurama's uh, solution to global warming is to actually get a big ice cube and dump it in the ocean every year to, to balance things out. That's right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, we could oh, just do God. that. Yeah. The people, there's been some suggestions to try and deal with uh, climate change that have been as insane as that. So there's uh, something called bioengineering where you meddle with ecosystems to try and change them in some way or another. And one of the reasons why um, plankton don't grow in all of the oceans all the time and thicken it up completely with, with, uh, with plankton, phytoplankton particularly, is because there's a shortage of some essential um, minerals that they need, one of which is iron. So there was a theory to go and get, you know, billions of ton of iron filings and just dump them across you know <laughs> thousands and thousands of you know, square kilometers of ocean to stimulate plankton growth which would of course sequester carbon dioxide from the atmosphere but it would also however fill the fucking oceans with plankton a bit like a pond in the garden that's been covered with duckweed so not a great idea but there's very few laws protecting mad stuff like that because it's you know international waters so yeah sort of stuff but that is a bit mad <laughs> It's a bit nuts, isn't it? Right. Well, right. Do you want to hear some? Do you want to yes. hear some stories? Let's go with some stories. I'd love to hear a story. Give me, give me the story. So, gather round, everybody. Get a nice, comfy blanket. Maybe heat yourself up a nice glass of Chambord. Today's story is about Ching Shi, a pirate legend. A rags to riches story, but probably the most successful pirate to ever well, live. You love a pirate story. So, We've done way too many pirates. I we fucking just, love, you love pirates. love a pirate. You but love this something is a bit, at sea. This is a bit different. So it's anything at sea. This is I, not. I, I just think we need a, we need yeah, a land we need a land story at one point in time. I think we had too many sea stories. Land based. But uh, okay, I'll tell you what. This, I'll this, do a land based pirate story about uh, video piracy. <laughs> I'll put that in the in the sort of. In the roadmap for future stories, <laughs> but for now we'll do Ching Shi because uh, very, for now very, we're doing Ching Shi. Very looking forward to finding out. Is it a boy, girl, Ching Shi? Ching Shi is a lady. Lady, okay. Um, and she didn't live in the sort of piratey era. When you think of pirates, you tend to think of the Captain Caribbean, the, exactly all that stuff. You know, in the sort of seventeenth and eighteenth century, or like even earlier than that, like Francis Drake and you know sinking Spanish galleons for the booty. Uh, Ching Shi, she lived in Qing Dynasty, China. The fact that she's called Qing, and that's a total coincidence, but that's uh, she was born in 1775 wow. and did all of her pirating in the 1800s. So the relatively New. recent pirating. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the Qing Dynasty, this is the last ever imperial dynasty they had in China. I don't know if you know about... I, I, looked up a tiny little bit about the dynasties in Chinese stuff. Yeah. I used to love a game called Dynasty Warriors yeah, they're, they're, but I don't really know a ton about them. They're one of the biggest dynasties I think of all time. They went on for a very very long time. I think they went from, from like the 1100s or so from what I remember and they also had like kind of wow. a, a split of these guy called the Hans or Han uh, Qing mm-hmm. and they uh, tried to you know, fight uh, uh, the Qing dynasty a lot to kind of wrestle power off them Um but apart from that, I don't really know much more about the, the dynasties. Obviously, I don't think we're too far off 
the kind of opium wars, are we? 1700s, 1800s kind of stuff. Um, exactly right. Oh, that's good because yeah, that does come up. It does oh, okay. pop up. It makes a cameo. The Opium Wars makes a cameo appearance yeah. in this. This is probably so we can my, come back to that. Probably where my 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 knowledge fails me is probably this kind of era in East Asia. So I'm looking forward to learning a bit more. But before you get on with your thing, obviously we got we got mm. tea. We got tea from China, right? So China created mm-hmm. tea, and um, they also have China as in the the mugs. And they uh, drink, uh, if you've ever been to East Asia or, or anywhere, but they'll just drink it with, without milk. So why do we drink it with milk? Do you know? Oh, uh, to support the milk industry? It was because our China wasn't really China, wasn't real China. It was so bad that if you put hot oh, boiling yeah. water in there, it used to crack. So they put the I've milk in there. Like that they before, put the yeah. milk in there so the, the the China wouldn't crack. So the worst part is, is the people that put in their milk first are fucking right, and I hate them. I hate them so much. We don't have that kind of China anymore. Move on from it. You need to put in the water first with the tea bag and then the milk yeah, to yeah. know how strong milk you want. Milk first is either. a crazy way. To I it. know, but sadly, if you looked at like tradition, they they were right, which is a killer. It's a killer. Mm. Can you look at someone, like, right now, if you close your eyes, can you see someone that puts in the milk first? I can. I'm going to punch him in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, another little China fact, if, if you want it. I, I'm basically telling you the story before you tell me the story. Um, <laughs> is that China, obviously over the past like, 100 years or so, they've really, really kicked on, um, or maybe not last 50 years, really, uh, kicked on in terms of their... Uh, their growth and their experiments and, and the, the innovation that's coming out of the country. And the reason why is because when we were doing our industrial age and we were coming up with sciencey stuff, uh, we started experimenting and, and utilizing science, is that we found that this thing called glass was really useful because it's a neutral element. You can stick elements in there and it won't tarnish the experiment that you're doing. And so you can see all the beakers and the kind of... Uh, what, what are the little tube ones called? Can't even remember those, uh, what they're called. Test tube. Test tube, yeah, that's it. And uh, so utilising those. China didn't want to. China were like, China, this stuff that we already made and we named after ourselves, mm-hmm. it's pretty fucking useful. So we're going to keep it for a little while. And then later on they were like actually that's pretty useful for science stuff so they actually gave in they started using glass and that's why they had this massive boom that's why they're way far behind they've kind of caught up now because they started utilizing glass and it's crazy that just that one change from china to glass has kind of changed everything for china it's amazing that's I love the sound of that. I, like I can just picture like one of those really complicated like Sherlock Holmes chemistry sets, you know, with like condensing coils, like loads of really complicated equipment with things bubbling over and you know, liquid nitrogen. <laughs> but in China, beautiful like willow pattern painted China, you know, like nice dinner you, you set would be in able China. To see the water coming out the other end, though. No. Those chairs, <laughs> yeah, would you? everything would blow up surprisingly. You'd yeah, exactly. know if you're overheating it. But yeah, I thought that was uh, that, 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 that's the extent of my knowledge uh, about China, and then obviously the opium wars, which you said will come up later. So let's let's delve yes, into that it's a bit be later, a, shall a we? Recap. Okay, cool. Right, to me, old China. So <laughs> we're talking about Qing Shi. Uh, I mentioned she was born in 1775, but she had a pretty rough upbringing in the uh, the first part of her life 
for many years she worked as a prostitute and then as a madame or madam on uh, meaning like a prostitute's supervisor i guess you could describe really, as a team leader for supervisors really pushed herself up you know, she climbed up the, the greasy prost- pole yeah. <laughs> yeah which i believe is one of the things that they used to offer there um she was a, a madame on a floating brothel uh, which is, as it sounds, a, a boat. Just take it around. Float it around. A bottle yeah. that moves around. Like an ice cream truck, but for sex. <laughs> so pull up at the harbour, play green sleeves, or something sexier like some Barry White. Can I have her and a sherbet lemon, actually? That'd be quite nice. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. With a flake and some monkey's blood, which is what they call, in the northeast, they call the sauce <laughs> called monkey's blood. <laughs> a flake of opium. Mmm. Oh Boys, yeah, yeah, exactly. Straight in there. So these uh, these things, these floating brothels, used to get called flower houses. But um, while she was working on this flower house in her brothel boat, she met a very famous and powerful pirate that was called King Chen. Uh, Cheng was already a legend on his own right, but they married in 1801, and Ching Shi enthusiastically joined in and his piratey exploits. Well, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good idea, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, uh, would. I'm a madame, or I could be the the head of like some fleet of boats. Take the fleet of boats. Yeah. Why would you want to take a sideline, really? Because the alternative would be to sit on the boat and do nothing, really. You're going to get stuck in if yeah. you're there. So this, uh, they formed a bit of a pirate power couple, and they managed to actually really improve and consolidate a lot of power that King Chen already had so they started forming alliances with other pirate groups and I guess this was using some of Ching Shi's like charm and ability to influence people that she'd got from being a prostitute for years she knows people very well uh, and managed to get a that's huge, the thing huge... about prostitutes you need to be a real people person but yeah it's, it's, you, you really do you can't get away with not being a people person you can't be an introvert in this game you've got to be an extrovert have you ever met have you ever met an unpleasant prostitute they're always delightful. lovely, delightful, and very understanding. When you know you just burst into tears and can't finish, they're always like, "It's fine, give me my money." And they're fine lovely. with just not being able to find it either. They also that's what I've found. <laughs> yes, they're very patient. They're really, and some really of them even bring their own little monocle and opera glasses for that <laughs> for the very thing. So uh, she uh, she and King Chen managed to get this gigantic fleets together basically they managed to get 70,000 pirates and 700 junk ships so you know uh, Chinese junk is like that sail ship with a nice sort of angular orange sail and this in terms of like personnel is more than twice the size of the Royal Navy today and probably rivaled the Royal Navy even at the time for size of in in terms of number of people and this wow. pirate fleet they have more people, became though, known as the... they? they have way more people. Yeah, yeah. China's got people. That's I, I one of its biggest things, they had isn't a, it? I think even then they had a bigger population than we do now. You know, yeah, a lot of people. They've there. always been full of people. Yeah. But this ended up being this Red Fleet, as it became known, this big pirate confederation. It was the largest pirate fleet in world history ever. I actually wow. didn't realise that pirates used to sail in large groups. I thought they were a bit of a sort of a lone wolf type of thing, but apparently not. Apparently this was quite common for them to have alliances with a few ships so that they could take on... Um, a few ships? This yeah, wasn't a few fleets. ships, was it? This is, a, this is larger ships. than most nations' navies, this. And they were formidable. So this Red Fleet 
would be raiding up and down the coast of China, going up rivers as well and attacking towns on rivers. Um, and they, one of their most sort of infamous engagements, they blockaded a, a, a Portuguese trading port. So China had some ports that were kind of foreign ports. So there'd be lots of foreign nationals there. It was a place that they could live and trade with China from because China had quite an at arm's length approach to a lot of European traders. So the port of Macau was a like a Portuguese town really on the coast of, uh, of China and the pirates blockaded this town. So the, the, the Portuguese sent a squadron of ships to go and sort out this local pirate problem and the Red Fleet defeated them, kicked their butts and sent them packing. Wow. So they called on the Royal Navy to help, who had at the time and you know the, the best ships in the world and a huge navy, a naval superpower in, in many ways. You know they were just a few years away from defeating uh, Napoleon and Spain's fleets mm. at Trafalgar and stuff. So they were they were the big boys. They were like the U.S. I guess today. Uh, and the Royal Navy declined to get involved. They decided it was more more than they really more, were interested in. More effort in than, than they needed. But, yeah. you know, when it was in their interest, of course they were going to get involved. You know, trying to help out uh, it's, an it's ally. It's affecting the bottom like line, with. then. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No worries. So things are going pretty well for them. The Red Fleet's the largest in the world. Ching Shi and King Chen are, you know, the undisputed pirate king and queen of the world. But tragedy struck when King Chen died in 1804. They've only been married three years, so they've been kicking butt all oh, over Jesus. China that's, together. That's but really quick. She was left. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. It's, it's it's tricky. She's left. You know, it's just kind of new to the pirate biz, in a pretty weakened position. Lots of people wanting to take the ownership of the Red Fleet. I Means quite a prize. You know, the largest pirate fleet yeah. in the world. It's quite a they thing to own. They want to get a own. hand on those DVDs. Want to get a hand on them? Yeah. So many DVDs just flying yeah. around everywhere. They need to try and get those pirated DVDs. It's a lot of money yeah. to be made. I mean. You know, there's a lot of money to be you made off, off, off the back of uh, watching iRobot on a fuzzy screen in 1810. <laughs> <laughs> but you realise it's called iRoomba and it's a dodgy, <laughs> dodgily produced version of it. The worst part is, it was like 2004. I couldn't, I couldn't pick a movie that I hadn't seen. 17 years I had a pick of films and I picked one you from did 2004. Delve back. That went right back. I just remember, I With think... With cinema's been closed, so I could struggle to name a film from the yeah. last year. <laughs> yeah, Tenant. Tenant? Yeah, we got Tenant, yeah. Tenant. That was one. Boom. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Ching Shi was, you know, determined to maintain control of the fleet, though, so she used her formidable, as we've said, people skills to charm and influence everyone she needed to, in particular her in-laws, King Chen's, you know, surviving family, and the other heads of the fleets you know whether she slept with them whined and dined them or just threatened them which i think mostly the latter she pretty brutally and pretty firmly staked her claim to being the yeah. pirate queen but there's one i last do not want to go way. back i don't want to go back onto those floating brothels again yeah I, I, she's seen honest, what when you yeah when you start running a ship like this it's either apart from our 
good friend Britney Spears, which has nothing to do with Britney Spears, by yeah. the way. If you want to go back and listen to that episode happened a few weeks ago about uh, one of the the first ever basically pirates. Uh, this is where kind of this woman probably learned her trade. Uh, woman from Brittany, um, she, so Europe's most famous female pirate, possibly. Yeah, and she 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 luckily enough got to live in the Cotswolds for the rest of her life. But uh, this okay. you know, basically any any kind of pirating. Is normally uh, leads to death, so you've either got to kill people or be killed, really. So I'm not surprised that she ever did that. And if she could get away with the blowy, she probably did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Given the choice, you know, it's, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. Whether it's the, you know, <laughs> the real sword or a figurative sword. Exactly. Yeah. So she had one last issue to, to sort of one last hurdle to gain proper unofficial control over the pirate fleet, the Red Fleet. Uh, her and King Shen had legally adopted a son who ha- they had made their legal heir to the fleet. Now, it depends on how you look at it, whether she should be the the heir in King Chen's death, or he should, because it's a, you know, it's a man's world and patriarchal uh, sort of... Um, Hereditary. Yeah, the, the, the royal yeah, family only just changed was, their rules, what, four or yeah, five years yeah, ago? Yeah, exactly. So, so it, yeah, was, it was in, in this, at this time in period history, in the 1800s in Britain, uh, an unmarried woman couldn't legally own property and mad shit like that. You know, so, not so, not so, until the so, 1980s you could even have a bank account in your name in the UK without a authority of, of a man's voice. So, yeah, uh, this is... Yeah, so a woman owning all these fleets... Pretty amazing, really. Okay, yes, did a lot of killing a, and murdering, and we don't like that. But it's a fair bit of that. Feminism. Yeah. <laughs> well, she she Fierce also feminism. did a bit of loving, as we know. Yeah, I take I take firebrand feminism. Yeah. It's you know it's it's a brand that worked back in the 1800s for sure. Yeah. So she basically got this adopted son that she needs to either bring on side or get out of the way. What would you, you know, counsel if you were one of her advisors or if you were in her shoes? What would you do with your so your adopted son who was potentially a threat to your claim. Remember two weeks ago we were talking about that guy that accidentally knocked off the death charge off the boat and, and blew off the back of off the boat. <laughs> yeah. I'd I'd be yeah. rocking my baby to sleep and then I'd fire off and be like, ah, oh, dropped it. Dropped it. So you would you would stage an accident and have have them killed. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think in 1800s, I'm thinking 1800s. You know, try and or 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 you make them the be like, oh, they're the king, but he's a baby, so I'll I'll take charge until he can. That's well, the here's one. the thing. I think this would be the interesting bit of information to you. Their adopted son was uh, was an adult. Oh, not that much really younger than they themselves. They adopted him because they. Like the cut of his jib and thought he'd make a good pirate heir. So, what she did is actually she decided to make love, not war, and married her adopted son. Ah, that's one of the ways. I didn't think this was going to be one of the ways you can do. It. You can do it that way. Didn't didn't I think mean, of that one. Marrying your son. That's yeah. People will this talk. This really ties but, into I mean, the incest stuff that we were doing earlier on. Yes, <laughs> the enough. incest special. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't call this episode the incest special. In, no, maybe not. In hopes that people will actually listen to it, because that might put a few people off. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they misread it and they really love 
entomology. Oh, great, the insect special. Yeah. Or we just pick up some new listeners that are really interested in that. Yeah, we could really change our demographic, couldn't exactly. we? Exactly, change it up a little bit. Not in a bit. good way. Get in those incest people, you know. The DMs are going to change in turn, aren't they? Yeah. So that was it. King uh, King Shen is, is dead, but long live the Queen, Ching Shi. She was in charge of the Red Fleet, undisputed ruler of the Red Fleet. Now, one of the things that she was quite famous for, for most of her life, was the code of conduct that she really strictly enforced amongst the pirates of the Red Fleet. It was her way or the highway. So, do you have like a, you know, commandments that you would have if you were in charge? If you're a pirate, mm. bearing in mind the risks of the trade and stuff, what, what would you suggest as a good set of rules for pirates? Well, considering the situation she's in, like straight off the bat, no mutinies. Just make that yeah. just law. No Lock mutinies. That in. I know normally mutinies are outside the the codes of of you know, pirating, but I was like, look, you can't do mutinies, and just stub it out. But ah, can't do that then. All regular navies have yeah. a really strict policy on anti-mutiny, and I don't see why a pirate one should be any different. That's a, that's a very solid one. Exactly. So like you know, if I was like, basically, if I was prime minister today. I'd be like, no more voting. You know, just stab, <laughs> stab that out straight away. Then I just get to hold yeah. on to power. Happy days. Job forever. Exactly. Job for life. Yeah. Simple. Um, Sound. I would go for uh, like no no conspiracy theories. I don't like conspiracy theories. Uh, That's you know, a good. I like it's that. Like no yeah. Poseidon bullshit. Do you know what I mean? None of that coming. Yeah. I want. I only deal in absolutes. So I'd, I'd definitely like, go for that. Like yeah. you can't be talking about like you know mermaids and stuff. This is real, real, real McCoy pirating. We're not doing all that. Just real stuff shit. like the Kraken. Yeah, exactly. And not Ness, old Nessie. Yeah. Um, no, no Tinder. Whether whether the app or real Tinder that could set fire to the boats. You don't want the fire to be a boat. So very. I also very don't want people to have sex with each other. You know, I think they'll just get in the way of our pirating. Just, just don't create relationships. I don't, I don't want people to be yeah. moving the jib over and, and having an argument and giving it all that. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to be any of that shit. Just, just you are mm. your friends and that's it. You can't have sex with each other. Um, but also you can't set fire to the boats. So no Tinder whatsoever. And um, last one, just no parsnips. I hate parsnips. I'm not no parsnips. No parsnips. I don't want parsnips on my boats. Incredibly, rule number one of Ching Shi's was no parsnips. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Her number one was actually the same as yours, pretty much. It was, uh, I've summarised it as my way or the highway. Right. Uh, so anyone who was either giving their own orders, so like, you know, orders that didn't come from Ching Shi originally and passed down the chain of command, or disobeyed the orders that had come down from, from a superior, they were beheaded on the spot. Oh, head off. Wow. There's a lot of beheading yeah, right off. You know, back in the day, wasn't it? It was uh, probably the, oh, yeah. probably the way that you're most likely going to kill someone, you know? Except for if it's yeah, a chicken. Yeah, I'll tell you what I blame. If, if a chicken was going to try and do the mutiny, mm. you couldn't chop that head off because that could just carry on running around for like two years as we covered off in the previous yeah. before. But, uh, yes. You could have a mutinous, headless chicken yeah. for ages afterwards. But yeah. but humans very effective in the stopping a mutant. Oh yeah. Never seen a headless human 
sort of running about. No. Doing stuff. No. Been fed through an eyedropper. So rule number two, this is an important one really for maintaining the order amongst the pirates, but also a bit of fairness between them. So this one is really honour amongst thieves. So you weren't allowed to steal from other pirates or the villagers that helped and supplied the pirates. The penalty for that? Death by being made one head height shorter. <laughs> Chippity chop. Right. I feel like there, may, there might be a uh, trend coming along here. <laughs> yeah. So the, the next one is a bit of an elaboration on that because they had quite a complicated pirate pyramid scheme or an inverted funnel system, if you prefer. Uh, right. So every time the pirates took booty in that they'd stolen, it had to be inspected by a purser, so somebody who was in charge of like the, the, the booty, getting a, you know logged in a ledger and everything. And it was distributed between all of the pirates, with the original Caesar getting the largest share, so the incentive to collect booty is there. And if any cash had been uh, picked up, that was sent into like a slush fund for other pirates who'd been unsuccessful in their raiding missions, so that if you got beaten back and needed to replace you in a cannonballs, musket, whatever, you could get some money from the fleet to restock your pirate ship and carry on pirating. So the fleet ended up being really, much like a naval fleet, well-maintained and well-armed. So she was like the Bernie Madoff, the Ponzi scheme guy that did like the biggest Ponzi scheme of all time. She's more like Bernie Sanders, really, because she was distributing the wealth. Right, okay. So she wasn't taking it in herself, uh, she was actually spreading the wealth out. Yeah, I mean, sure, everybody at the top was getting it richer, but they were making sure that all the pirate ships got something, so no one was left out of the oh. of the wealth generation. So That's when pirates, when some pirates hit the motherload and got a lot of booty, it was shared out. Weird to have a taxation system. <laughs> yeah, it's quite, it's quite an elaborate one as well. But if you held back booty so that you know the amount that you got was larger than the twenty percent or something that you were due by the rules, the first time offence was to be a severe whipping. However, if you stole a lot, you kept a lot back, or uh, you know, made a second offence, the death penalty by order of... Chopping off the body? Swashbuckling. Yeah, yeah. separating your body from its head. Right, okay. With one of those like cool pirate scimitars. Yeah, wow. Uh, and the last, the last rule, this might surprise you, because it kind of goes against one of the rules you had. Um, the rule generally is respecting women, but it's also about sex with the, within the, the pirate community, I guess you could say. So if, uh, with Ching Shi being a woman herself, she realized, I think, the way that uh, women were treated by everybody, particularly pirates, was bang out of order. So she had a rule that if you raped a female captive, you were beheaded immediately. Wow. Which I think is is great. It's very unlike a lot of pirates because who would you know treat women terribly. In fact, pirates from the golden age of piracy would refer refer to women as wenches, and they were only really used, you know, to be raped and discarded. So yeah. she had a rule because she saw that as being wrong because she's a, a firebrand feminist. That she she's corrected that, but she also had a strange twist to that. If a pirate had had consensual sex with a female captive, they were also beheaded. <laughs> and the woman who'd had sex with the pirate had a cannonball tied to her legs and was thrown overboard. Oh. So strange reaction to that. That one. is a strange. Why would you kill the woman? 
I have no idea yeah, why that weird is the thing, case. But I mean, actually, it's kind of along the lines of what I said. I said no Tinder, so I said no sex whatsoever. And it seems like if they're doing consensual sex, mm. then actually both of them die. So, yeah, which it's, it's odd, Bear, especially bearing in mind this final little bit of it. This is the bit that goes against what you said, and I think is the the oddest, but I guess kind of heartwarming part of this is if a pirate and a female captive decided that they wanted to get married then that was totally fine. Oh. The woman joined the pirate f- fleet, the pirate crew, and became part of the life, part of the Red Fleet. However, nice. if a pirate was unfaithful to his wife, chop. Chop off. Head off. Yeah, chop off his clothes. Yeah. She was like the Red Queen from Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Yeah, she's... she's, she's Everyone's getting their heads cut off. She's proper against men here, which is brilliant, you know, at this point in time. Really yeah. showing what women can do with their axe yeah cutting those heads off she's got her axe together yeah (laughs) yeah she she is a she's a card carrying badass though because she had the Chinese authorities like running scared for absolute years and they were so desperate to get rid of her they hired an entire fleet to try and um, take her down to chase her around and try and break up the fleet and, and, and attack them well I think what they expected was for her to either lie low and so that they could take her fleet apart piece by piece, divide and conquer sort of thing, or they perhaps thought that she would, you know, hide and the lack of activity would starve them of income and, of course, then infighting and stuff. What she did surprised them. She uh, got an X-Wing, flew it directly into the Death Star and fired proton torpedoes into the reactor core, <laughs> triggering a trip. Hold on, sorry, I think I've got the, the wrong story there. This, might have had the wrong tab open there. <laughs> so what she actually did is got her fleet, met the authorities in open battle. She just lined up and said, bring it, and sailed up and, and fought against them. And not only did she win, she took managed to capture 60 ships from the from the Chinese authorities, kidnapped thousands of sailors and gave the sailors a choice. Choice number one. Join us, join the Red Fleet, um, help Ching Shi swashbuckle her way through the China Sea. I already know where you're going with this. I'm going to go join them because I think the other one sounds like the head stuff that you were talking about earlier. Riding across the horizon is a really shit option too, which is something to do with having your head taken off. And it will, incredibly, it is even worse than that. Option two was to be tied to the deck and clubbed to death like a seal. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. So, given given those choices, what would you choose? I haven't been clubbing in ages, have you? When was the last no, time I you think everybody clubbing? misses clubbing. Yeah, yeah. I miss but clubbing. But even despite that, I think given the choice of pirate or pate, most people would choose <laughs> pirate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I would rather not be spread on some crusty bread. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, what a, what an option! That. I mean, yeah, I'm, there's I'm no joining. record of anyone no, choosing. No, I'm 100% joining. Yeah. I, I think we've already know where, where kind of my moral compass lies on a lot of these issues. But I'm definitely not thinking about 2021 cow. I'm thinking 1810 cow in China, just yeah. about to be made into pate. Do I join yeah. them and start killing other people and stealing other people's stuff, or, or, or do I die 
and, and I'm fully, well, on board, I guess. Is fully on board. Hoist the men's sail, Chingshi. I'm in. Do you I mean, want to join us? Just... Yes, yes. You haven't heard yeah. the other option yet. Yes, let's go for it. Let's go for it. I'm in. Because I can already yeah. see the ropes where all the blood is over there, so I'm I'm guessing nothing good's going to come out of this. <laughs> I'm fully on board. Let's go. I mean, if you didn't... If you needed any further encouragement, sometimes it didn't even tie them to the deck to beat them to death. They would nail their feet to the death and then wow. club them to death like that. Proper jesus them. Yeah, real fucking Roman centurion shit. So the um, so she kicked the authorities' butt. She converted a load of the sailors into her team, kidnapped a bunch of them, got a load of their boats. So the Chinese wanted to make her fleet weakened, and what they did was they yeah, ended they, up giving them sixty extra boats with thousands more people to to, to yeah. <laughs> fight them in the future. And that's, Hostile takeover. Sounds like a great plan. That you know, the action was really good. <laughs> like, well done, guys. The, uh, Smashed it. The government, the government's navy was so um, wrecked by this, they had to go back to using fishing vessels for future battles <laughs> until they could rebuild more boats. <laughs> they were, they were fucked. This has a very uh, garden bridge vibe to it, doesn't it? You know, but at least, yeah. but at least they had still had something to be in the sea with. We didn't even get, you know. We didn't even get like a, a wooden bridge to walk across. Do you know what I mean? We, we got yeah. we got nothing. There's just nothing there. <laughs> just a park on either side with a, as in a, a zip line. Wow. The, uh, <laughs> but all good things must come to an end. And uh, being being a pirate is a particularly um, it's an unstable lifestyle. So eventually things caught up with Qingxi, specifically the Portuguese navy, who you remember before she. Her and King Chen. Oh, well, they pissed defeated. off, were they? By any chance? They were pissed off, and they came back. They came back with a larger army, and met in a, in a battle called the Battle of the Tiger's Mouth, which is a oh, very cool battle. Yeah, there. like that's what, yeah. what would we have? Battle of Britain. That's yeah. Just where where things Hastings. are. Battle of Hastings. It's just where things are. Yeah. Culloden. This yeah. doesn't even sound like a nice place. It sounds like it's wet and Culloden. Yeah. But no, so, this is um, this is that's a that's a, I love that name. I think we should do that more. It's cool. Do you know what I mean? So like, in the future, yeah. we could have like you know, the Battle of the Lion's Mouth because we've got like a lion on our crest, you know, or or the Battle of the Badger's Anus. The, uh, that's what you need to be good. <laughs> yeah, that is the that is the British equivalent of the Battle of Tiger's Mouth. Is <laughs> it the Battle of the Badger's Anus? <laughs> and it'd be like. <laughs> A couple of cops against an old farmer who didn't want to give up his shotguns or something. Yeah, like an armed standoff, or like Raoul Moat against the police or something. <laughs> yeah, Raoul Raoul Moat I mean, again, and then just a Gaza turning up with a fishing rod, thinking he was his best mate. <laughs> that's, that that's, was that was the yeah. Battle of Badger's Anus. That was, wasn't it? That whole I thing. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the trick thing, calling the war on drugs. They could have called that the crackdown. That would have been pretty good, wouldn't it? Ah, uh, yeah. Crack, crackdown. That would have been good. Crackdown was a really or good game. Laying as well. the smackdown. On crack. I never played it. That's oh, a good game. So, um, where have never played the it? Smackdown's already WWE related, isn't it? Can't yeah, I'm, I, they strike me as the sort of people who will sue as well. And they do, but they do have smack, don't they? They have loads of steroids and stuff like that. So yeah, you, you, maybe that's what they, that's what that's why they call it Smackdown. Maybe that is why they call it Smackdown. It's a, it's actually a, yeah, a hidden just name. Put, 
popping down the smack. Exactly. Yeah. They're loving it. They're, bit, they're taunting us with the fact that they're taking performance-enhancing drugs. Exactly. So Tiger's Mouth was a was a defeat for Ching Shi's fleet. They escaped. She escaped with her life and some of their boats, but they suffered very heavy losses. And then the following year, and we're now in 1810, Ching Shi fought her final battle at uh, Chek Lap Kok, um, which was it, was it, was it the Battle the name of the of, Cock? <laughs> yeah. It's a good battle name, but it's also a really good strip club um, <laughs> in, in, in the Czech Republic. Battle of the Czech Cock. Lapcock. She's really coming back to her prostitution days, isn't she? Do you know what I mean? It's comes full, full circle. Full circle. Yeah. Full circle. And uh, in that battle, they eventually surrendered. That was against the Portuguese Navy as well. And the Qing Imperial government offered an amnesty deal to the pirates, any pirate who surrendered. So this is the end of her pirating career. What do you reckon happened to her and her her pirate fleet, the Red Fleet, who surrendered? Did they serve some kind of head justice and were like, you've beheaded so many people of ours and clubbed them to death. Which one do you want to choose? You're not joining the government. Hmm. Like you're, you're, you're getting your head yeah, chopped off. Yeah, given the opposite option. You Join the government or we'll beat you into pate. Yeah, and she's going to be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to be you know, head treasurer or something. Do you know what I mean? I know how yeah, to sort out some You're going to become booty. a claims adjuster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I'd, uh, actually, she, she probably could she could probably be a good chancer, actually, the, the way that she, you know, 20% and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. That, yeah, it's pretty impressive. So, but no, I, 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 she, they, she, I'm 100% certain that she got her head chopped off. It's, it's so obvious that the government's response after everything she's done and the way that she ran her fleet that it's going to be extremely heavy-handed, right? Yes. This is why this is hilarious. The the amnesty deal was basically, if you surrender and promise never to be a pirate again, we'll let you keep all of the treasure that you stole and go off scot-free without any time in prison. Jesus Boom. Christ. So she kept her treasure. She's quite a wealthy woman because of all that pirate booty. <laughs> And of course, all the treasure. That's how scared um, they were of her. Like clearly, that's just how yeah, shit exactly, scared they exactly. were of her. Like, just don't pirate again, okay? <laughs> yeah, slap on the wrist. Yeah. So, so she retired. She took all her money, and she retired. In the Cotswolds. And she spent a little bit of time, sort of. Yeah, that would be amazing <laughs> with Britney Spears in her old house. <laughs> Uh, but she actually did a little term. It's funny you mentioned that she was offered a job for the government. She actually did do a little stint working with the Chinese government, poacher turned gamekeeper, being a military advisor to the government during the first opium That's war. That's amazing. She's like the guy from Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. That's great. Working for the FBI. So what, what, what role did she have again? What was the role? She was an advisor to the governor of uh, one of the cities that was being attacked by the British Navy in the Opium War uh, to try and help organise the defence as like a military consultant. Ministry of Defence consultant. Of all of her naval experience. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. How yeah. can you, this is, the rich and, and the so, powerful getting away with it again though, is it? Just like the rich and the powerful just doing whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. And then just, you know, just getting away with it. Make their own rules. Carrying on with life. Oh, I've murdered loads of people. Ah, yeah. Go, go put your feet up in Norwich. Do you know what I mean? Oh no, come back and help us. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Then next thing you know, she's down in the door doing getting a nice suntan. Unbelievable. She's up <laughs> she's after Benadorm doing shots off of 
you know, Paolo, the, the waiter. She's loving life. And because she, she murdered loads of people. Nah, not having it. Loads of people. I mean, we uh, the Opium Wars has come up here a second time and we did say we were going to talk about it. Yeah. I think for the benefit of those listening who haven't heard of the Opium Wars, um, I could summarise it quickly for people. So basically what happened at this period of history, Britain was a, a trading and naval superpower and they were selling opium to China that was grown in uh, Afghanistan and neighbouring countries to China. And they were importing so much of it swapping it for tea and other luxury goods, China, for example, uh, that the Chinese weren't very happy with this because it was creating a trade surplus on, on their side and also shitloads of people were addicted to opium. Like, it was really bad. They've been, tra- a, they've been, trying, to, they've been trying to dull it down for, for a long, long time. I think the first people were taking it back in the 7th century, so it wasn't like this was like a, a new phenomenon at all. This mm-hmm. had been going on for a very, very long time, and before this That's started right, yeah. happening... China started trying to, you know, get people less addicted to opium, and then this is where the fracas started. This is where the yes. the, the, the dispute it was a happened. real fracas. Yeah, exactly, because there there was a market for opium there, and the 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 British were were quite unhappy about China's attempts to restrict sales of opium because they saw it as they you know they were like you know trying to see free market principles being uh, used they wanted if the people wanted to buy opium then by god they were going to buy bloody opium this is this is middle of the 1800s yes area. something like that yeah yeah and the chinese banned the sale of opium so britain started smuggling it and doing it illegally the chinese cottoned onto that and tried to stop it and britain got so annoyed that china was closing its ports to british vessels trying to sell and smuggle opium in that they sent the navy to just go and blow the shit out of a couple of places in China. Apparently there's a there's a phrase that gets used, uh, gunboat diplomacy, that, that you may have heard of, and that comes from the Opium Wars, their response to yeah. a diplomatic incident by turning up and, and this blowing was, shit up. And this was so successful, you say successful, this was blowing people up and killing people, but this is so successful that they not only got given Hong Kong, they also got given not just one port that they were allowed to bring opium into, it was five ports and then China had to give them $21 million for the privilege of making opium being sold and it went mental it was huge amounts of opium going into the country it devastated communities across China so much so they still have problems today due to the opium epidemic that went on in the mid 1800s it it, it ravished them and the the amount of people that then got addicted to opium went through the fucking roof and all because as, as we were trying to talk about earlier actually the navy and stuff like this like it affected their bottom line and they wanted that money. And it is just so fucking horrendous. Um, it's, it is. And if you cast your mind back to when we brought up the open wars at the top of the story, we were talking about the Royal Navy declining to get involved when the yeah. Portuguese Navy was bl- blockaded. Because that would cost money. They didn't give a shit about that. Mm. But yeah, the second that, that you stop their drug pushers, <laughs> then yeah, all guns blazing. Exactly. But that's the, so that's what Ching Shi did for a little bit in her retirement. She was a military advisor during that opium war for the Chinese government. But then after that, she took her pirate booty and all of her treasure and invested it in uh, uh, salt trading 
and also bought a casino and successfully for the rest of her very long and peaceful life ran salt trading businesses and a casino. Was the casino and in Macau? Finally passing away. Do you know? Because Macau is actually the so. uh, biggest gambling city in the world. I didn't know that. That's a good little tidbit of tidbit of information. Exactly. There. And, if, and, if she, oh, well, and if she set out the first one in Macau, then she not only wouldn't that be nice. She not only had the biggest pirate fleet of all time. She also set up gambling addiction in China for forevermore. She probably didn't give a shit about the opium stuff, did she? <laughs> she she probably was all for it. She was probably getting paid hand <laughs> hand of a fist for it. <laughs> oh yeah. Good, good line of money, good line of business to be in. Yeah, I mean, this is where we need Odin producer corner because uh, I have no idea where the casino was actually. Um, but she had a really long life. She died in 1844, aged 69. So really old for that time period, especially given her life, line of work, and everything. I mean, not many pirates retire at all, but that's amazing. What a line it? of work to finish on 69 as well. Like brilliant. Like that is the age you needed to yeah, finish that's on pretty from good, being an ex. Prostitute, yeah. didn't you? That is exactly the one. From from prostitute and madam on a floating whorehouse to pirate queen to military advisor, then casino owner and merchant. I mean, that is the legendary lifestyle of Ching Shi. Her, her adult life started with a 69 and it finished at 69. What a way to go out. Yeah. That was a great episode. Uh, I definitely have learned a couple of bits from that, I would say, Buster. Um, I think my first thing that I probably probably have learned is don't fuck with Ching Shi. Don't don't fuck with her. She will she'll do you. And uh, also, yeah. don't try to stop the Royal Navy selling drugs to you. Yeah. Well, just allow it. <laughs> just just allow let it. it happen. Just let it happen. Otherwise, you'll end up paying them money. Yeah. Um, to say sorry for stopping selling drugs. <laughs> It was quite a story. What a legend. In the meantime, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit of a story about us, what we've been up to over the past couple of weeks. Uh, a company called I... <laughs> company called R-I-A-A have come after us, this little tiny podcast that we do for fun for your ears to spread some good news and say that we had infringed on their copyrights uh, from a few weeks ago. Uh, Gentle Kenneth, although creating wars in America, didn't stop there. He created a war between us and the RIAA. And they said that because we utilised a song at the end of the podcast, we had to delete it. And uh, we'd just like to say, uh, sorry, uh, we did utilise it. We thought that we had permissions to utilise it for the podcast but we didn't so they were fully in their right to do so and we took it down we've had to delete it um but we will bring it back up in in some way but we'll keep you up to date with that in the future and um but yeah it's just a shame that it went down like it did and we've been down and out over the past couple of weeks due to that you guys should have us obviously if you're listening to this hopefully we're back up on spotify and, and apple podcasts and stuff like that so yeah it, it was just a it was just a strange one to to get a message from such a massive massive company 
against a, a small little podcast like us. But again, you know, they were fully in their right to do so, and you know, it, it, it unfortunately had to play out like it did and uh, push push back production by a couple of weeks. But that that's and that's it at the end of the day, and it's it's, a, it's sad. But uh, that is what it is. The sort of deal with them, you know, in addition to removing the 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 music that infringed the copyright was that we make uh, an on-air apology. Now, what they didn't say was that that apology had to be in any way sincere, and there's no limits to how begrudgingly I can apologise. So I would just like to add to that that we're really, really (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I hope that 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 was begrudging enough for you. It was. It was indeed. And... um... Just to let you know, guys know as well, uh, we only have a couple more weeks left of the podcast for this season uh, because I'm starting... <gasps> oh, no. oh, this is probably news to Buster as well, but uh, no, we, we spoke about this a few weeks ago and uh, we probably need a little break. Was I... Did time. I... Had I had a drink? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, but uh, I'm starting a new job and everything's going down, so we're just going to take a... Yeah, I know, crazy! Um, oh my God. But I must have had a lot of drinks. You'll have a few more weeks of the podcast, yeah. A couple Is of this on the floating whole house you were telling me about? <laughs> 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 that was the one. That was the one. No, you were congratulations, yeah, mate. We were, I'm do, so do, proud do of you. Do not remember when we were... Uh, when we were smoking our opium and I was talking to you about how I... I did ring a bell, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was the second top prostitute in the place with with future of becoming madame. That's basically That's where right. I'm at. That's right, it's at that, uh, that, that, prog- that great place, Cheplacock. <laughs> it was the, 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 progr- right. the progression That's is there. That's a good place. The progression is there. Not, not written to the contract, but he promised me that I... You know, would become Madame some some day, and uh, yeah, twenty five years you might become a pirate king. You never know. You never know. That is the dream. That is the dream. But um, yeah, guys, uh, that is the news for for this uh, week. I hope you enjoyed the story from Buster. If you would like to follow us on Instagram to get your daily dose of good news and some new tidbits and funny little stories, then please join in at, at that's news to me pod. In the meantime, I'll see you in the sunlight. And Gan Canny. Mm-hmm.